Good one. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The top stories. The financial secretary urges Hong Kongers to respect China's socialist system and uphold the constitution. The foreign ministry releases a report on the state of democracy in the United States. And officials in Indonesia say the death toll from a volcanic eruption has now risen to 13. The financial secretary has added his voice to calls for Hong Kongers to respect China's socialist system and respect the constitution. Sean Kennedy has more. Writing on his blog, Paul Chan said Hong Kongers must also support the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party. He said the constitution clearly stated that the Communist Party of China's leadership is the defining feature of socialism with Chinese characteristics. Mr Chan said understanding the constitution correctly helps Hong Kong people understand the SAR's constitutional order and the one country, two systems principle. His comments come one day after top officials marked Constitution Day. Earlier, the chief executive, Carrie Lam, said all Hong Kong people are duty-bound to respect and safeguard the constitutional order. Separately, Luo Huining, the head of the liaison office, said the Chinese Communist Party's leadership status is the choice of history and the people and is enshrined in the constitution. The Foreign Ministry has released a report on the state of democracy in the United States. As Priscilla Ng reports, Beijing said the report exposed the deficiency of American-style democracy and accused Washington of exporting such democracy to other parts of the world. The report issued by the Foreign Ministry said democracy is a common value shared by all humanity and it takes different forms in different countries without a one-size-fits-all model. It stressed it's totally undemocratic to measure the different political systems in the world with a single yardstick. The political system of a country should be independently decided by its own people, the report said. The report added that over the years, democracy in the United States has become alienated and degenerated, and it has increasingly deviated from the essence of democracy and its original design. The U.S. President Joe Biden and his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin have agreed to hold talks after weeks of rising tensions over Ukraine. The discussions will take place through a secure video call on Tuesday. The BBC's Emily Haller reports. Russia has recently boosted its military presence near Ukraine's border with tanks and more than 90,000 troops. The US sees this as a sign that Moscow could be preparing to invade. Whilst Russia insists that it isn't planning an attack, the US has threatened to impose what it calls high-impact economic measures if there is a cross-border offensive. Russia wants the US to guarantee that Ukraine won't be allowed to join the NATO military alliance. President Biden has said he won't accept red lines set by Moscow. The United States and more than 20 other countries have called on the Taliban to uphold an amnesty announced on Tuesday for former members of the Afghan security forces. Since the militant group took over Afghanistan in August, many of its opponents are reported to have been killed by Taliban fighters and their supporters. The BBC's Steve Jackson has more. In a joint statement released by the U.S. State Department, the signatories say they're deeply concerned about reports of summary killings and enforced disappearances in Afghanistan. The group, including the U.S., France, Germany, Britain and Japan, warns that the Taliban authorities will be measured by their actions and must enforce the amnesty throughout their ranks. 
Afghanistan has been plunged into an economic and humanitarian crisis, worsened by the refusal of countries that supported the former government to work with the Taliban. The militant group has been softening its stances on a range of issues as it tries to secure international help to prop up its failing economy. Officials in Indonesia have raised the death toll in the eruption of Mount Semeru to 13. They said at least 57 people have been injured in the eruption, with 41 suffering burns. Officials said rescuers working through the night freed as many as 10 people from the debris. The sudden eruption of Java's biggest mountain caught locals by surprise yesterday, sending thousands fleeing and forcing hundreds of families into makeshift shelters. The eruption was, has left 11 villages in one district coated with ash and smothering livestock. And now for the weather, fine and dry with moderate northeasterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook remaining fine and dry in the next few days, still cool in the morning. The temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. Right now at the observatory, it's 22 degrees with the humidity at 46%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just coming up to five minutes past one. The British government says travellers entering England from 4am on Tuesday will have to take a COVID test before their departure. Currently, people only need to self-isolate until they test negative within two days of arriving. The opposition Home Secretary Yvette Cooper welcomed the news but said the government should have acted much faster. Well, we know from the first wave and from the Delta wave that the pandemic accelerates when you have lots and lots of different new cases seeding here from abroad. And that's why it's really just so disappointing that the government has left it till nearly two weeks after Omicron was first identified. I'm glad they have now U-turned, but they should move much faster on these COVID border measures. Scientists discovered marine animals and plants living in an area of the ocean that's been dubbed the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Many of the creatures are coastal species living thousands of kilometres from their usual habitat in a stretch of ocean halfway between California and Hawaii. The BBC's Victoria Gill reports. The scientists teamed up with a charity that collects abandoned fishing gear and other litter from the ocean and gathered hundreds of plastic items to study in the lab. They found plants and animals, including anemones, tiny marine bugs, mollusks and crabs on 90% of the debris they examined. As well as creating a semi-permanent floating habitat for coastal species in the open ocean, the researchers say all this plastic could be providing invasive species with rafts allowing them to cross the Pacific. Time for sports and football. And the reigning champions, Manchester City, are top of the Premier League for the first time this season after a 3-1 win away at struggling Watford. Raheem Sterling got the first with in-form Bernardo Silva scoring twice to put the game beyond Claudio Ranieri's side before Juan Hernandez scored a consolation. Silva was happy with the points but felt City could have scored more. I think the, the performance was very good. The team played well. Uh, happy with the win. But it's never comfortable. They, they, they scored the game, uh, a goal on, uh, on the last 15 minutes. They're putting some pressure on us. But in terms of performances, I think it was a very good one from us. We didn't allow them, especially first half and the, the beginning of the second half, to, to counter-attack, to create many chances. And we could have scored a few, a few more goals there. Uh, happy with the three points, but, but just one game. 
Chelsea started the day top of the league but ended it in third after a 3-2 defeat at West Ham. Liverpool are up to second after an injury time winner from Divock Origi gave them a late victory against Wolves at Molyneux. Newcastle secured their first win of the season, beating Burnley 1-0, and Southampton conceded an injury time equaliser in a one-all draw at home against Brighton. There are four more matches in the Premier League tonight, including Ralph Rangnick's first in charge of Manchester United. They host Crystal Palace. In the other two early games, Leeds host Brentford and Spurs host Norwich. Aston Villa is at home to Leicester in the late game. Lewis Hamilton will start Sunday's first ever Saudi Arabian Grand Prix from pole position, with title rival Max Verstappen only third on the grid. The BBC's Jack Nichols has more. Max Verstappen should have been starting today's Grand Prix from pole position, but after crashing out of qualifying at the final corner, he will only start third on the grid, meaning the ball is very much in Mercedes' court, with Hamilton on pole and Valtteri Bottas alongside him on the front row. But it's going to be an intense race for the Mercedes to try and keep Verstappen behind, because if he wins, he'll have one hand on the championship trophy. The world's oldest test cricketer, Eileen Ash, has died at her home in England at the age of 110. The BBC's James Kelly looks back at her life. Eileen Ash was born in London in 1911 and received her first cricket set at the age of five. She was working for the civil service when, in 1937, she was selected to play against Australia at Northampton in only the fifth women's test match ever staged. She did, however, have to put aside her cricket whites when war interrupted play and she was seconded to the intelligence agency MI6. More tests followed after the war. She attributed her long life to healthy eating and regular glasses of red wine. Eileen Ash lived a remarkable life during what was, as the cricket metaphor goes, a very good innings. To end the news, the top stories once again. The financial secretary urges Hong Kongers to respect China's socialist system and uphold the constitution. The foreign ministry releases a report on the state of democracy in the United States. And officials in Indonesia say the death toll from a volcanic eruption has now risen to 13. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, value, value and value. a new experience. Value, 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 value.